No, I'm in a parking lot in Mount Juliet. Post it up. I've got these girls. I'm queued up. You just log in when you can. Right now. If that's right now, great. I'll see you in a bit. (laughs) I didn't want to delay the process any longer. So they can record us through this remote thing. We won't be together, but we'll be on screen individually together. And they can catch all of our madness and transparency. What you I'm, I've got you on one ear lit and I've got the headphone on the other one. It's in the email. Did you get that link? I got I got two different things going on on each side. Do you want me to text it to him? Yeah, text the link to L. Welcome to a day in the life of the Thomas Twins, ladies. Just another manic weekday. <laughs> okay, well you do. I'll see you there in a little, in, here in a little bit. L. We never make commitments to hang out with friends or do anything outside of real estate because we are this stuff. This is what happens. Our friends, ne- our friends never see us. I, I, I showed a house to a client. It's an off-market opportunity. These clients have been looking for over a year and they are a mixed family and they like, it's like five kids and two adults. And so nothing has hit the market that works for them because their perimeters are so tight and of course, an off-market opportunity in my office came up and we went out and saw it it's for today. The power went out right as we were arriving for the showing, delayed the showing, went in. They love it. Now I've got to write an offer for them to try to lock it down pretty quickly. There's another showing this afternoon. <laughs> this, is the, this is our life. <laughs> this is terrible. Okay. Hi. <laughs> and that has nothing to do with y'all. It has everything to do with my current state. It's always chaos over here. Frazzled state. I'm sweating my ass off. Do y'all see all this? Okay. <laughs> y'all are coming in so hot right now. Okay. <laughs> Elliot, who do you have with you? Where are you? Are you at a friend's house? That was my tech, my techie partner who <laughs> sees me in this <laughs> shit show. And I'm like, babe, I don't know. Because look at all this shit. Like I have, how do I turn my camera around? Don't end the call. Oh, <laughs> let's see. <laughs> I'll just show you. So look at all this shit. Did you go buy extra stuff too for this? No, I just had stuff, but it was like an Easter egg hunt <laughs> trying to find all the shit to put it all together, all the technology, because I don't use it. The, the, Evan, the tripod for the mic is at your Buchanan house. And then I'm like, well, my headphones are Bluetooth. I've got these plug-in lapel mics for some pandemic project that didn't ever pan out. But I've got a pop filter because... Lala, Lala knows these. Oh, yeah, girl. <laughs> I want to fall in love. Ooh. I want to feel that rush. Listen to that reverb. Okay, do you guys, listen, Evan and Elliot, this is important. Do you guys want to do this now, yes or no? I want, th- this is funny, and I think this is a funny energy that we have right now. I'll but let at Elliot the same make time, that call. Listen, don't talk. I think that this is like, could continue to be unhinged and hilarious. But also, I want it to sound good and be good. And so if we want to try and do like a, hey, it's always a cluster. But again, I think if we do something like literally an 8 a.m. one morning, then you guys can be done by 9 and go have the continuous cluster of your day. Evan wants to write his offer. Does that sound any better to you guys? The only the only lingering concern is the the only lingering concern right now. I don't mind waiting to write the offer. The only lingering concern is like, is the quality of my yeah. like hotspot connection going to be sufficient for the recording? Well, your voice sounds great. Yeah, that's fine if we don't do it. I th- I think what I there is a echo. So what I want to do is I'm gonna 
I'm going to cancel this for everyone and I'm going to turn echo cancellation on for everyone and then let's all get back in. Does that work? And then if it sounds better, then we'll keep rocking. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. And I'm also going to see if I can uh, try to connect to Best Buy's guest <laughs> Wi-Fi instead. Okay. Go, go Geek Squad. <laughs> hey, I'm back. <laughs> I, I left. And Lila had her hair down, and now she's got a top pony, and it, the world is a better place. That's the Thomas Twin energy <laughs> right there. And I'm successfully connected to a very strong Best Buy guest Wi-Fi connection, so, like, the, everything is right in the world. Okay, I'm going to start over. We're going to start from the beginning. Glad that we have been recording a lot of this, a lot of really great um, best of <laughs> best of B-roll to be released as a holiday episode, maybe. <laughs> holiday special. Feliz Navidad. Holiday special featuring Heaven and Heliot. Well, I just need y'all to know, last time we were on a podcast, it went x-rated very fast so i just need y'all yes yeah this is not two bottles deep <laughs> or no i'm sorry no i'm sorry uh gay space wrong yeah. podcast yes gay space if they get gay sexual space. in the mic like that <laughs> yeah that's what that's what tracy does gay space two bottles Ooh. deep sounds like a something that elliot might have watched whenever he was i know i was like okay we're gonna go there Lila. <laughs> no that's another podcast and oddly enough it is actually not racy very it's it's a great podcast um from two gay gentlemen that talk about bridging the gap between the gay and the straight community oh but i taped that one right after i did gay space and <laughs> it was like totally different cup of tea anyway oh my gosh all right i want to be respectful of y'all's time since we're coming in a, a casual 30 minutes um late of like actually getting it together here so just gonna jump in Thank you for joining us for another episode of Win Some, Lose Some, Resiliency in Real Estate. We have a completely bonkers uh, episode lined up, and that's just based on the 30 minutes that we've had just completely talking unhinged with the Thomas twins, uh, Evan and Elliot. So Elliot has been a part of the Parks family of realtors for eight years and Evan for four years after achieving great success early on in his real estate career. Elliot reached a point where he was ready to add a team member, and it made the most sense to bring on his twin brother, Evan. How could it get any better than basically a carbon copy of Elliot? Having a business partner that offered the same level of customer service with a similar personality and skill set was a no-brainer. The Thomas Twins' biggest accomplishment has been their 2021 production, 70 transactions totaling $30 million in sales. When Elliot isn't helping clients win big, he enjoys hanging out with his partner, Ryan, and his dogs, Buck and Bo. He also loves binge-watching the latest crime docuseries on Netflix. In Evan's spare time, he enjoys hanging out with his golden doodle, Django, and his friends on Nearby. And his friends. I say on his friends. I mean. That too. That tracks. <laughs> on his friends within proximity of patios and a nice chilled glass of Chardonnay in hand. He also serves as the president of the Greater Nashville Auburn Club and was recently selected as a member of the Auburn Alumni Association's, God, alliter okay, Auburn Alumni Association Alliteration, uh, inaugural 20 under 40 <laughs> class. So thank you guys so much. You guys are coming in hot from different directions. It's not easy to finagle four <laughs> schedules. So um, I appreciate you guys being, he uh, being here to hang out with us and I'm really excited to ask you both some deeply personal questions. <laughs> it's our pleasure. We love just being 
100% transparent. <laughs> Absolutely. And any of the any of your audience that knows us will not be surprised by the energy we came into the beginning of this episode with and we'll, and any of the hot takes that you use for B-roll. So it's just par for the course. It's on brand and we're here for it. Constant chaos. Okay, so Lila was telling me a funny backstory of you guys before we were all together. So Lila, will you get into that real quick? Can you retell that story and ask for participants of our guests? I will. So little backstory on how I met the twins which I met Ellie at first. So I had a listing last year, maybe, um, in East Nashville. And it was a multiple offer kind of situation. And right before the deadline, I got a call from Elliot. And the original call was obviously about the offer that he was submitting for his sweet client. But then it turned into like the sweetest conversation about his life and <laughs> my kind of past somewhat present life in the music business. And we ended up on the phone for like 30 minutes or so. And then we kind of became friendly after that, which was wonderful because yes. I love them so much. Our worlds collided. Like we kept seeing more of each other in person. And it was just, it was a very natural, like meet cute. It was a meet cute. Um, well, that's right. Because then we actually met in person at the real producers photo shoot for the pride. I almost said episode for the pride issue they had last year. Yes. Um, but yeah, because y'all are country music fans and I felt so loved. I, I, part of that story, I don't know how much of it you told Amanda, but um, there was this very pivotal soundtrack at a time in my life that was very like my awakening and my sexuality and just feeling at peace. And uh, Lila had a song on that soundtrack. Do you remember the movie Hope Floats? Big time. That, was, that movie just spoke to me in that season of my life. I just played it on repeat <laughs> when the compact disc wouldn't skip. Um <laughs> you know cds uh but i played it on repeat <laughs> on my little disc man and just lived my best lila mccann life serenading me through my tough times that's amazing 100 percent fangirl stories so evan what were you doing the four years while elliot was getting a head start on real estate um i had moved back to auburn alabama to work for my alma mater the year was 2014. I left Nashville for DC for, for what wound up being one year. I uh, took a job in higher education recruiting for a for-profit art school and they were doing layoffs. I had already been laid off twice with about some mergers, kind of had carved out a marketing promotions career. I know I shared a fun photo of you with one of your past guests, Robbie Stone. One of those marketing and promotions gigs was, uh, was a, I was a mascot for a sausage company. I was a farm boy for Odom Tennessee Pride Sausage. Sorry, what? <laughs> so that's so fun. I have a fantasy of being a mascot. <laughs> oh, I can give you all the tips and tricks. So, you know, that's the reason why that opportunity was such a great fit for me is, you know, coming off out of Auburn and into the recession, you know, jobs were hard to come by. I was a national champion, you know, mascot, they call it a friend of Aubie at Auburn and, you know, graduated from Auburn and interned in television with the Today Show thinking I'd try to get into, into entertainment. So lived in New York City and then moved to Nashville. And so tried to leverage that internship into an entertainment career. Elliot coincidentally graduated from Belmont the same month, December of 07. And we both just really had a hard time getting in anywhere, like hiring freezes left and right. 
And so we really had to kind of take what we could get. Elliot kind of stayed in retail for a while. I got worked for the National Scene and Focus magazine. They were bought out, lost that job. Spent a year looking. I finally got hired as the promotions coordinator for Odom Tennessee Pride Sausage, which was primarily being their corporate mascot traveling around the country in a sausage van doing appearances at food shows and grocery stores. Y'all don't get it twisted. He still promotes sausage, just not for a company. Yeah. <laughs> oh, y'all, you know, like... You know, the good news of sausage is alive and well, and I'm here to, I'm here to help, you know, at, at all times. But uh, yeah, that company was a family owned and operated, you know, entity for 60 plus years. And uh, Larry Adam decided to sell it. It was off of Neely's Bend Road there in Madison. And so they've sold it to ConAgra. They chose not to retain this position or this program. And so I lost that job, a second buyout, moved to DC, did this recruiting and they were actually doing layoffs. And actually there was a merger right after I left, but finally I was like, I've been on the chopping block twice. I, I gotta get out when the kitten's good. So took an opportunity to move to all, back to Auburn, stability, recruited for liberal arts in, in their first kind of in-house recruiter position and then moved into fundraising, College of Architecture, Design and Construction. And it was after being in that role for two years where I finally, finally, accepted Elliot's invitation to come back to Nashville and sell real estate. Yeah. I hope you were going to say something about that because I was needing him two years prior and I kept trying to ask him to like, I need help and I want it to be you. Like who else gets a chance to have like their carbon copy running around this town doing the same thing. And he kept declining it because he wanted some like, well, what was it, Evan? It was like some type of perk. There were there wasn't enough perks, Elliot. The the compensation packet wasn't good enough. I thought it was. Well, I I saw his bank account going touching touching, <laughs> but keep in mind I had such little stability for so long, yeah. and so I told myself stick this out for five years yeah. and then kind of decide. So I really kind of was holding myself to the commitment that I made whenever I moved back to Auburn. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I can imagine though with the moves and the job changes that you were like, hey, I Auburn feels pretty dang solid. This yeah. feels secure. And yeah. so, like you said, okay, well, I want, I need to feel this stability for a moment because there's been so much change happening. But absolutely. Okay. So Elliot, were you nervous about asking your brother to work with you? Like what was the worst case scenario? If something bad was going to happen or if you guys were going to butt heads, it seems like maybe you just have a better relationship with him than I do like trying to work with anyone in my family. But I mean, was there not any apprehension? Not really. Not really. Like we, I had apprehension. I had apprehension. Apprehension. Well, I want to mention. Apprehension. Well, the thing is like, I, I knew that Evan, the opportunity was going to be great for him, especially considering like, I, I didn't want him to feel less than I didn't want him to feel like he was working under me. I knew that dynamic was going to be, um, probably create more problems and stress than anything else. And so I knew like, I wanted him to feel like he was an equal, but I knew also that he was going to need to ramp up. Like you can't just jump into this and have it all figured out. And so uh, another thing was, you know, I, when I got into this, I had a, a great mentor, but I feel like it has been, it's, if anything, just now starting to feel like, uh, our local market is, is getting a reprieve. Even back when I started in 2014, the market was still hot. Um, and working with a lot of buyers, you had to be everywhere. It's just like, it's just competitive at a lower price point, you know, like instead of folks spending, you know, now the average $500,000, uh, which just blows my mind. You know, I was hustling for first time home buyers 
helping them buy $200,000 houses. And that was still a multiple offer situation. So it's just been this constant chaos. And there was always, um, I felt like we could weather any storm. And I knew I had figured it out on my own. Evan's got resources. He's got me. He's got my mentor, who was also his mentor. I felt like he had all the tools to be successful. I just, I was, I honestly just jumped in blindly. The one thing I was concerned about was because I had just, I started off and I was very blessed and lucky to, to hit the ground running and have a lot in my pipeline just due to our net, our, our network here in Nashville. But it, I, there was no structure and there's still not much structure in our daily chaos. And so there was one piece where I was like, uh, that might be cause some tension in, in our working relationship just because I'd been, you know, my chaos is my chaos and I know how to manage it. When you bring somebody else into the fold, you know, they, even though it's somebody that's cut from a similar cloth, like my twin, I'm like, ooh, he's been working in corporate America and that, that structure is just there. And so mm. I think that was one of the biggest challenges we had uh, and where things got rocky and tough. We definitely had some rough waters to tread in the beginning, but we worked through it all. But that, that's still something, uh, I think once he jumped in and realized like how quickly you have to move in this market, I think it was easy for him to see why there was no structure. Cause you just had like our world for the last, or my world for the last eight years has been working with buyers, just dropping everything you're doing just to have a shot at winning for your people. And so that's one thing I'm excited about in our current market. You know, it's, uh, who knows what's, what's happening. Everybody can guess, but I do feel like there's finally a little bit of breathing room to figure things out and have more structure and, and do all that. So that was a loaded answer, but that's what I'm going to give you. No, I love it. Okay. So I want to hear what your apprehension was, Evan. And did you feel like, okay, yeah, this is kind of chaotic. There's not much structure here, but it's my brother and I, it, it makes sense to me. Or were you like, what am I even doing? All of the above. Um, I knew that Elliot was successful and, and great at what, what he did, but I also could tell that structure was necessary in order for the type of business that he was running to be sustainable. And I am entering a scenario where he's already burned out and like not only being his brother, but also his business partner wanted to do what I could to help him. And we had two different ideas of what that help looked like. Here I am coming up here as his assistant, he's like helping me out financially by paying me, uh, you know, a salary, which is a very rare opportunity in this business. Um, and then he's also letting me live in his, in one of his investment properties. And so Ellie was doing a lot and he wasn't getting from me what he needed. And so there, that created some resentment. And I'm also coming to the table. It's like, I want to help you. I think that you need to change some structure, create some structure and some organization here. And whenever you're, you're drowning, you don't have the bandwidth or the clarity to be able to integrate some really fundamental structural changes to how you go about your business. Right. And I feel like whenever you have a business that is as uh, the, the type of volume that Elliot was working with then, and that we are now working in now it, you have to kind of make small changes over time and like build up. And uh, I was trying to do too much too soon and a different type of help than he needed. And it took us just getting real feisty and re I mean, we got into a lot of really tough arguments in that first year. Uh, Elliot, there was a lot of resentment that Elliot had toward me because he yeah. didn't think that I was uh, like pursuing business um, in the way that he did, you know, trying to go out and cultivate leads. 
but that I didn't see that as a priority. I was trying to help him manage what was already there. Bringing a new business didn't seem like it needed to be a priority, like helping organize and clean up the business and take care of what we had seemed to, like it needed to be. So yeah, that first year was really hard. And that's um, interesting. Yeah. Cause I, both are important. Like are. take really providing a great experience for the clients that you have. So then they refer you there. There's your leads with people that you already have. Yeah. So they're having a referable experience, but then also, yeah. Okay. Well, new business is important because your current pipeline will end. will close at some point, you know? Sure. And that's really another challenge that we had is like, we are identical twins with a lot of the same friends and a lot of the same network. And it was really important for me to really invest my time and efforts into uh, a sphere that where there wasn't as much overlap. And so the best way for me to do that was we went to different colleges. So like Elliot's Belmont friends that I kind of adopted in that six year run when I was here. You know, I like kind of like LA run with this Belmont people. I really like pour into my Auburn and I had different jobs and companies that I worked for when I was here before, you know, I can kind of like put lean into those relationships and he can do the same. And so that's kind of how we've managed to invest our like time and attention so that we're not trying to, <laughs> you know, cannibalize the, the, our opportunities. I mean, that seems challenging, but I think very, very smart that you guys saw that as an opportunity to have two different, multiple different sources of, of leads and uh, kind of database. It was, that, that was the one thing I think I was, I, I, it's funny looking, there's so many things you forget about after you've been in the trenches for four, four years, but that was something I was concerned about was because, you know, at that time I had an X amount of opportunities. And knowing that all, most of those opportunities were also friends with Evan, that was so, I was like, ah, how are we going to grow this and it, and not just eat out of the same pot? Yeah. I have a question for Evan. I saw that you just bought a new car. Are you in your new car right now? I am. The way you said that. I know. Well, listen, I'm so in desperate need of a new car, but that's neither here nor there. But I want to know what your relationship with money is. Ooh. Are you able to say, I needed this new car so bad. I work really hard. This is part of how I show clients around. This is part of like essentially my identity, which is what I struggle with having a busted taillight car. Or are you like, hey, I work hard. I deserve this. This is not a big deal. <laughs> or like, I just want to know what your relationship with money is. Yeah, that's a great question. And I hope you don't hear these raindrops because it sounds like I'm in a tin can right now. But it's raining and I'm in this parking lot. So hi. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a, a funny question. You know, it's my relationship with money that actually kind of led me out of fundraising. We have a really complicated relationship with money because we never really had it. This is the first time in our life where you know, we feel like our output of work directly correlates with our income. And it's so finally, you know, rewarding and uh, life is so much more comfortable whenever you aren't living paycheck to paycheck. And so I saw Elliot experience that after, you know, four years in the business. And that really is what uh, attracted me to making this change. I think that coming into this career later in life was kind of a blessing in that I had a, a much more mature approach to money and finances. I have held off on buying a new car until it was just kind of a 
necessity. Necess- oh, it was necessary, y'all. Every it took it. I, I wouldn't be surprised that Evan said a prayer before every trip that he was taking. Th- th- that transmission would not fall out of the bottom of that ride. It was tough, y'all. Like I, even the condition of this last vehicle, and I really <laughs> believe that it was because of <laughs> how ragged I run that vehicle in this career. You know, like always on the go. My car broke down twice last month in July, the same month that my dog had to go to the ER to get a tumor removed uh, that was the size of a volleyball. And, you know, still dealing with some complications from paw injury that was indirectly related to the operation, we think. Who knows? But to, to, to answer your question, it's like my relationship with money is I feel like I've, I'm a good steward of the the life that I've been given in this career. And I have been very careful about making wise investments in real estate. And I feel like I just happened to have come across a month here where I'm hemorrhaging money, but I was prepared for it. And that's so nice to be in a place where I'm not having to make a, a, a hasty decision and spend money that I don't have. You know, I was able to kind of make a very calculated decision. And yeah. Elliot, I'd love to hear your piggyback off that. I think someone's childhood and their upbringing so impacts, obviously, the rest of your life. And so I've said here before, you are monetarily rewarded when you never stop working in this industry, right? You grind and you work hard 24-7. You are, I mean, do you feel like this this pressure to never stop working? Are you able to take a break? I mean, what's your relationship with boundaries with clients and and things like that? Um, I'll be working with a therapist soon to figure all of that out. (laughs) I, you know, when you start a business, I think most people are just programmed to think that you have to sacrifice it all to get your, get your, get, get it off the ground. And so when I jumped in, I was all in, I would take whatever opportunity, uh, just to, just to knock the socks off of our clients uh, in regard to like service and availability and quick communication. And so, um, I, I feel like there's gotta be a point in time where you've got to pivot from that. And I've yet to figure that out. Um, that's very important in this season of our business is to, um, I feel like I've gone through now my second burnout. I still love what I do and I still love taking care of people and being the one they call on to to help, but there's gotta be more boundaries, better boundaries and structured for us to sustain what we've built thus far. Uh, and I think that's a very important reason why we brought on Blair to join our team was that just, I'm at the point just to circle back to the money thing is I'm at the point where the money is not, I mean, it's a great reward and I'm grateful for it, but that's not our, it's not the motivation. At this point, we've built something that we want to take care of and we want to make sure that it, it continues to thrive. Um, so I, you know, that's where I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's get another person on board that we can train and show how to care for our clients the way that we do. And that person can reap the, the benefits of that as well. And I can have less on my plate. Um, I just want to share that. You know, I did that with Evan. Uh, it was scary at first because, you know, you do see the finances and that reward and it's like, oh, this is exciting. But I was very excited to be able to share that with my twin. Uh, he experienced that, but our business doubled twice, I guess, so quadrupled uh, since, you know, th- that first first year where he was full on, you know, we doubled my production solo. And then the next year we doubled our production together. And we've done that in a matter of two years, uh, three years. So. 
it's interesting. You know, we're, we, we don't live extravagantly. You know, we, we, we never take vacations because we're always here taking care of our people. We invest in things that help make our lives easier. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that we've invested in as well, which is crazy because you think, you know, we'd have enough of it with our clients is we invest in properties as well. It seems like I buy a new investment property every two years, but this last one has really extended me. Um, I kind of bit off, bit off more than I could chew. I just got blindsided by like, I, I kind of had an idea in my mind like a budget that I wanted to spend to turn this place into something amazing that I could share with other people, which that property is a three plus acre log home. Oh, this uh, one it, is in only... Goodlettsville or something? Yes. Yeah. I've heard about this. <laughs> it's pretty special. Um, and it's, it's a pretty special place. I mean, whenever I experienced it, just seeing it, for the, we weren't even looking, we didn't have a particular client in mind at that time when I went to go check it out. And it was like this off market special, uh, like, like wholesaler, site. I'm not sure if y'all tapped into that, but anyways, it was like this real estate investors page. And I went and looked at this place and it's just the experience on that little piece of land and just the vibe just was so uh, peaceful. And I'm like, gosh, it would be great to have something like this to, to escape to. Uh, and it's only 25 minutes from downtown, but I worked with a great designer and renovated this place to create this pretty magical spot. But I got blindsided by some exteriors issues. I guess the cardinal sin of log homes, which I learned after I committed the sin, was to, uh, you don't paint log homes, you only can stain them. And so after getting this place special and just very beautiful on the inside, I got slapped with a quote for 55 grand that I'm going to have to strip the paint off the house that we painted and repair some, like replace some logs and stain it. And so like you talk about money and I feel like we've done a pretty dang good job of like being responsible but it's when you get hit with these curveballs of unexpected things which i feel like happens you think you're immune to it but then it happens and so like same thing with evan he's got a renovation but then he had to buy a new car it's it seems like when it rains it pours and so it, it, it's a, it's especially tough in those seasons where you feel like you are burnt out and you need and you want to break and but now you've got these unexpected expenses that are going to push you to keep going because you've got to get it, get it, get it right. Uh, and so that's where we're at in this season. And so even though we'd love to take a chill pill, we're still grinding, girl. We got bills. <laughs> we got log homes to strip and, and oh, repaint. Yo. I mean, that's like such an analogy though, or just such a picture of real estate because you never know, no, no two situations are the same and you never learn unless probably something I don't, want, I don't want to say crashes and burns, but in, you never learn until you go through it, right? So how would you ever know that you shouldn't paint a lot? That's just such a random scenario, but is just so on par for working on this industry of like, I don't know how I should have known this or would have known this. I don't know. I'm not Abe Lincoln. I've never ha owned a blog ca cabin before. And well, and it's funny because that, as you mentioned that, I was thinking to myself, I actually never thought about it and i've never seen one painted and i guess now we know why oh that is so shitty i hate it <laughs> and i'm glad i'm the guinea pig lila i'm so glad i was a guinea pig could you imagine could you imagine it being for uh, a client of yours that, that yeah. you, oh god like helped and didn't advise accordingly so there's part of me that's like well if something like that's going to happen i'm glad it happened to me it will never happen to one of our clients uh and the crazy thing was we thought we were doing a good thing by painting it 
carpenter bees were boring holes throughout that entire cabin. There was already damage there when I bought it. And so I'm like, I need to stop this. And so we thought by painting the cabin, it would create a barrier so that to create further damage. Well, um, no, that's not the case. Uh, and the bees still found a way into, but those bees are assholes. They are such assholes. And then what's even worse is then once the bees get in the wood, then the woodpeckers come for the bees. And so there's even bigger holes. Um. And so it's, it's, it's a problem and you have to like address it in seasons. Like I've talked to professionals now, now it's, it's a whole thing. I could do a whole episode on having a, how to care for your log home. Now that I've learned through trial and tribulation. Huh. Well, we can't see you, but I'm sure you're still there. Um, Evan is currently in the Mount Juliet. <laughs> I almost said Walmart again. He's in the Mount Juliet Best Buy because his computer died in the car whilst taping this episode of the podcast and is trying to um, get a converter to plug his computer into to power into the car. So this is just like a happy little shit show and I'm super enjoying it right now. How about you, Amanda? Okay, guys, truly, you win some, but you mainly lose. You, you lose more. So we're gonna, <laughs> we're changing the name of this podcast to you win some, but you lose most. And there have been a lot of <laughs> giggles and fun times uh, with this conversation. And now it's just me and Lila oh, hanging out. And now it's just me and you. Uh, I'm saving this question for when they're both back and yeah. 15 minutes over. Well, we can have one. If we, if we get them back, we can get your one last question. Evan said logging back in now three minutes oh. ago. <laughs> Where you at, boo? I love that he left his computer on, but then it was like, doom, doom, doom. yeah. Well, and Elliot just like paces around. Elliot's just been pacing. Yeah. Evan's going He's back pacing. and forth on his phone, like writing an offer. I think that these, okay, you say you're a squirrel. Good Lord. These guys have been squirrels on the run. I like, am. They've been Bonnie and Clyde squirrels. Like they've done gone off the Elliot, cliff. What, what kind of <laughs> dirt did you drop while I was uh, in Best Buy buying this kind of murder? My phone died. How many times does a realtor tell you no. that Elliot, what is it? What are the odds that your phone would die when my computer died? And you're like in the comfort of your own home right now. I am in a car in a parking lot. <laughs> okay. I've been holding on to this question until I had both of you back. So let's ask it before anything else goes wrong. <laughs> If you guys were not working in real estate, what other industry do you feel like you two could continue to be a team and dominate? I think I know the answer to this question. Um, I wonder if Elliot would probably say the same. I think we had a conversation about this recently, so he's probably going to answer similarly. Well, then say, Evan. Um, it's this. I think that we would be a really great, like, in the creative side of advertising. So helping people with like branding and, you know, really cool, different out of the box ideas for, um, you know, sharing their story and coming up with some like neat ads and stuff. Like Elliot is an amazing self-taught graphic designer. He runs lead on all of our branding and social and stuff. And then I kind of run lead on the creative and graphic design front. Yes. Yeah, we have a lot of fun with it. Like our, our family was in town a couple of weeks ago and Elliot took um, his ADHD medication on a Saturday and all of a sudden after uh, a conversation, maybe it was before lunch, 
they came up with this idea for my sister-in-law's coffee shop and Elliot spent the duration of the, of the afternoon fleshing out this idea for an animated coffee bean. He's in his phone throughout the duration of lunch and while we're in the toy store buying her birthday gifts. Like Elliot is completely detached from this family we never get to see because he's so creatively invested and having fun with this concept. And like, and that's, and that is, I think, a testament to not only gifts and skill, but also like passion. And that's, if we had more time and bandwidth within our real estate career, we would have so much more fun with our marketing and branding. Evan, this is where you say you win some, you lose some. <laughs> Just to piggyback, like, I'm still thinking about like what I would do different. I will say this, what I love about real estate is like I worked in corporate sales before I got into real estate and I felt very limited whenever I was put in a box. Literally, I was put into a cubicle, smile and dial, make the calls. And it just felt so freeing to be able to flex in many different ways and do different things and not be tied to just one job. Um, I actually had a record deal with Sony, like right after graduating college, uh, I was a voice major at Belmont. It was a four drive vocal group and very exciting times, but also during the recession. So that project got canned. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> but I, I really, after that, I was also a closet case back then. So I was terrified of like how the music industry would respond if I ever wanted to live my truth and be authentic. I, I, it was one of those things I was worried about. Um, I wound up coming out a year or so later. But I came to this realization that like, for me, music and that pursuit, that, that career, it was very self-serving for me. I really enjoyed the entertaining element. And the artists and musicians that I respected most were ones that really saw it as an art form and had a very intentional path to like create that art. I, I came to this realization that the things that I wanted to pursue for my career were things that were like what made me the most happiest if I wasn't self-serving. And I found that the thing that does that for me is connecting dots. It doesn't have like anything specific, but like I just get fulfillment from connecting dots, whether that, whether it be people with other people or, you know, people with a job opportunity or just your network. And, and it was wild. I never thought about real estate being an extension of that, but it absolutely is. And I think that's why it felt so magical when I landed in this world. I'd never expected it, but it, it filled up my love cup in so many different ways. And it was really rewarding to have a career that it's founded on that. This is a really unique opportunity for, for people like myself and Elliot. It's like, we're type two Enneagram. We are people pleasers. We are hustlers um, and we're also creative. And I think having your own business in a job like this that kind of leans into our strengths and skills really kind of prepared us to be successful, you know, and also being kicked around by the recession, finally being able to be in a position to like get ahead or at least catch up. Jeez. You know, the, I feel like, sorry, not to keep talking because I know you got so much, so many questions, but I feel like. The, I get very anxious with podcasts because I feel like I, I, my answers are not, I just ramble and ramble. And I, I feel like if we were on stage in a pageant, like they would have played that music to get us off the stage 15 minutes ago. And Elliot would have kept talking and I would have had to pull him off in person. <laughs> As we've said, Elliot, thank you so much for just bringing it up for all Good. of just the tons of fans of the show. This podcast is called Win Some, Lose Some. And I want to know where, you know, either separate answers for you guys or, or if there's something that you guys are going through together, you know, where do you feel like you're winning, where you're coming out ahead and where do you feel like you're really struggling 
outside of the paint on the log cabin, um, outside of Evan, your own personal renovation, um, where do you feel like some of the struggles or the losses are coming in? Evan, I thought you were frozen again, but you seemed, but you were just deep in thought. I was deep in thought, <laughs> but I, I mean, I already have an answer. So if Elliot isn't ready to answer oh, it. Oh, I'm ready. We're ready. I know this. I feel like we have won in, in our drive, our push, like what motivates us, uh, those, the connecting dots. I feel like we've absolutely won in making that visible in, in our work, our, how, how we work, but also how we communicate our work through social media and stuff. I feel like we've done a very successful job in, in communicating that to our audience and our network. But I feel like what I've lost in the last eight years is um, myself. I've, what was going to be my answer? I knew Stop. it. And that's why I spoke <laughs> first, because I wanted to say it. And I had wanted to give you some time to figure out what you were going to say different. Well, you you taught me how to work in this industry, so it's your fault I lost myself. Uh, we, which is a very interesting dynamic, because it's so fulfilling to give so much of yourself in this in this business. And people people appreciate that, for the most part. But there are times, like I was sitting in the dentist chair, and... I was just kind of venting that poor <laughs> dental hygienist having to listen to me drone about. <laughs> While they're all up in your mouth and they probably that, yeah, can't yeah. even understand I, every I other word coming out of your mouth. That's probably a good thing. I need a vacation. Well, that's what she's telling me. She's like, you need a vacation. And I really arrived at a point where I was like, I, th I don't think I need a vacation. I mean, yes, a, vac a vacation would be great, but I need rebooting. Like there's so many things that have come from trying to be 100 for everybody so much. Like I've got, I need to address te technology addiction. I need to address boundaries. I need to address so many things. And so the best thing I can come up with is like, what, I, I think I need a retreat where I can uh, like indulge in psychedelics that reroute my brain, but also like give me that like vacation vibe. But I, mm -hmm. I, I want, it's like a package deal. I want to get away and it feel retreaty. But I also want it to be inclusive, uh, like intensive so that I can actually work on myself and walk away from that feeling like I'm a changed person. I'm not just slapping a Band-Aid on some me time. Actually, like coming back with uh, different tools in your toolkit because, you know, life is waiting for you when you come back. Absolutely. And I, I, could, I feel like I would naturally just fall back into that rhythm and then wait for the next Band-Aid. No, like I, I'm at a place in my life where. I, I don't want to blink and feel like yeah. so much of my life is past because I haven't been living it and, 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 and been in it. And that's absolutely how I feel. Um, my answer is very similar to Elliot's. I, I think that we're winning in a lot. We're winning in business. We're losing personally. Mm. Can I just say, like, again, that is the that is the purpose of these conversations. That is what majority of people say. And that's why I think it's so important to be talking about this and to realize like what are we doing we're like collectively providing something great for our clients and something monumental in their lives and oh my god if we are not all kind of taking a beating for it and at what point do we restore ourselves at what point do we walk away but yet this job is so fulfilling and so again i don't know what the answer is it's a bit maddening but just i want you guys to know that is the most common thread through everyone that I talk to is we are winning in business and I am losing my happiness, my sanity, my soul in the process. And, and the people that the people that we care about most are the ones that suffer because of that, right? Our family. Mm -hmm. 
our, our closest friends, you know? Um, yeah. Especially friends that don't necessarily live here and that we don't get to see as often. That typically requires like a FaceTime call or a phone call. Well, I don't want to get on the phone whenever I'm not working and I'm so rarely not working. <laughs> so I, I, whenever I wasn't in this business, I got so frustrated with Elliot because I felt like I was the one always calling, making the effort. And a lot of times I would call him multiple times and he wouldn't call me back. And uh, there were seasons where I'd just be so frustrated. It took getting into this industry myself to understand how that happens and why it happens. And for me to be empathetic towards it, but for people who don't live in this type of career or this type of madness on a full-time basis, I'm sure they're pretty perplexed and in, in, in some, in some way hurt yeah. by the level of detachment that we now have with, you know, are the people that we care about most. Yeah. I, I've tried, it's been a hard pill to swallow to accept that I am a person of extremes. I'm all in or all out. There's very, in very rare cases, is there something that I'm good at? There's moderation. And, and so I, I want to find a better balance of being able to be better connected to myself and to the people that I care about. Well, I think that's a really wonderful segue because at the end of every episode, we want to play a message from someone important or influential oh. in our guest life. So that means we have double the pleasure, double the fun. <laughs> we have little messages from each of your partners. So y'all can make me cry in this parking lot. Stop. First, I want to play Ryan. This is um, a message to Elliot. This is a. Uh, no, I'm going to get emotional. Elliot's, Elliot's partner, Ryan. Let me pull this up. This is Ryan, Elliot's partner. My favorite thing about Elliot is there is never a dull moment. Um, when I first met him, I saw a trained and talented singer, and then he morphed into a live stage actor, and then he decided to showcase his sketching capabilities with a boutique greeting card business. At the same time, in order to bring home money, he was also working with the public in retail and education and technology sales. He was great at all these things, but he wasn't really completely happy until he landed in realty where he was able to do all of them at once. Social media, sales, marketing, all in one, boom. Finally, he is incorporating all of his talents and I can quantifiably say I am his number one oh. cheerleader. Oh. Can I say just for everyone out in the world, the only time both of these boys were sitting still and focused <laughs> was during oh. that voice message. Oh. <laughs> That's so sweet. Being on the being on the sidelines and watching Elliot's relationship with Ryan evolve throughout the years, um, I remember Elliot voicing the need for you know a bigger, better cheerleader, and so to hear him say as much and also to watch him be that has been rewarding in and of itself. So that's so very sweet, Ryan. We thank you so much for your support of our business and. For taking care of Elliot because I can't do that. Sorry. <laughs> I love you, Rye guy. <laughs> All right. Well, well, you're you're up, Evan. Here we have a message from oh gosh. Lee. Here goes. Hey, this is Lee, and I'm Evan's partner and co-dad to Django. I've seen firsthand just how stressful and hard real estate is. And I I don't say it enough, but I'm just so proud of how Evan navigates it all. Um, Django and I are introverts. I'm sure you can tell Evan is not. And we try to be his background support as best we can. But I hope he knows that we both love him very, oh. very much. So sweet. Sweet baby. Catching flights right now to Orkney for a vacation that I was invited to, but 
could not make happen. <laughs> well, you're here with us, baby. You win some, you lose some. Oh, he is my lifeline. We have a very unconventional relationship, and uh, it's long distance. But, you know, I, it's so comforting to have someone like him um, that I can call every night on FaceTime and talk about the highs and lows of our day and just, you know, let it go and do it all over again the next day. So to say it publicly like Elliot did, thank you so much, Lee. I love you guys. Love you and Django as well. And I'm so grateful that you were able to come here and help out with Django's unexpected health challenges as of late. So hope you have a great vacation and a happy birthday. It's his birthday on Sunday. Oh, happy birthday, <laughs> BB. Okay, I know that we have really gone through uh, a 180, 360 here, but is there anything that we didn't go over that you guys want to talk about, to mention any self-promotion? I mean, this is like, hey, you know, final final statements, final thoughts for this beauty pageant that we're on. <laughs> I think you guys have done a phenomenal job of just cutting to the core. Um. You know, it's crazy how in just a handful of questions, you you have the ability to pull out the things that are the heartbeat of our business, the heartbeat of us. And um, I don't really think, I mean, I think you've heard everything you need to hear that, that pushes us uh, and that challenges us. So thank you for uh, being the therapist I haven't had. <laughs> uh, and not my dental assistant yeah no yeah. not my dental assistant sign up for it. no it's 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 great just grateful for the opportunity to just sit with you ladies and and just talk about the good times and the bad times evan is that your my car yeah is that like a <laughs> microwave timer okay yeah happening? apparently my car was going to automatically shut off here in a little bit if i didn't press something but i did so we're good um <laughs> cool. it was actually elliot's uh Alert to stop talking, so it's my turn. Oh! Yes, it <laughs> the, the beauty pageant music. It was. Um, I also wanted to add that I, I find it quite lovely that, that there have been some other amazing realtors that have uh, been in this seat prior to us being here. And uniquely enough, they are people that we respect and love so much and kind of understand exactly all the things that we've talked about, whether it be mine and Elliot's own LGBTQ, you know, journey of self-love and acceptance and, you know, seeking, trying to let go of the approval of others and, and how, and maybe even how that plays into client relationships and whether or not, you know, clients might be a good fit for us or not. Um, Elliot has, has done an amazing job of building a referral-based business. And, and because of how he approaches business, I have been able to do the same. And I guess we have to credit our, our mentor, Jack Miller, with some of that too. Um, he's a phenomenal, you know, Nashville or middle Tennessee realtor. He's been in the business for many, many years. And, um, we just hope to, to build a business like his. Um, and, but all that to say, whenever I see people like Robbie who, you know, we can, I, there are so many parallels in their personality and how they love people and take care of their clients and, and, and their own personal struggles or, or, or I guess journey of self-acceptance and love and, 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 and whatnot, you know, coming from Alabama, but we're both kind of aligned that way. And then you've got Madison who is in our office and we, uh, you know, there, she's like a female iteration of us. And that's my sister. Um, they, are, <laughs> these people are so very well respected in the industry and are so vulnerable and they're, and, and have such great relationships with their clients. And they're all such hardworking hustlers out there. Um, you know, it, it's, it's such a, it's so nice to see people that we respect kind of being vulnerable with, with you both on this show. 
And we so appreciate you guys giving us space to, to do the same and kind of share our stories. But, um, you know, that those people, it's people like Robbie and, and people like Madison who, um, are, who show us that, that what we need, want to accomplish in our own business, um, you know, Authenticity, Madison, vulnerability. Yeah. And, but also boundaries. Like Madison, I don't know if she got into this fully in her episode, but she will tell people, she, I'm at capacity for clients. I can put you on a wait list or you can find another realtor. I can refer you. But like in order for me to provide the best service possible, like I'm at, a, I'm at my threshold. And if you're willing to wait, I can bring you on board whenever I, I can serve you best. That is a concept that Elliot and I could absolutely never do that is big that's big business energy right there yes it is (laughs) and so i i look at yeah i look at that and i'm like gosh that's something to aspire toward right Mm -hmm. having the ability to say no and to protect your own yourself and your business um i think that, that i think that shows two things um, I think that she knows herself very well. She knows when she's at her limit. I think that that does not mm-hmm. come without some very hard self-discovery um, that she has gone through. And I think, secondly, if I were a client and I wanted to work with Madison and Madison said I'm at capacity, I'd say, well, shit, I want whatever. I, I want her. Yeah. I want her that much more now. And so, yeah. which is just the opposite of if I were to turn someone away, I have such fear, scarcity mindset. I need everyone to like me. All of, all of the very surface fears and insecurities I have. When I think the client experience, you just start off on a different foot of like, oh, I respect you. Okay. I'm willing to wait for you, which you wouldn't want a business where someone walks in with, I mean, and maybe I'm glamorizing it, but a level of trust and respect for what you have built for your business. Yeah. I just felt like it was appropriate to take a moment yeah, to knowledge. Absolutely. share, share, share yeah. the spotlight with people that, and, and that could go for far more realtors than just those two, but because I know that absolutely. they've been on your show, I wanted yes. to give them a little moment because we think the world of both of them and are just delighted to share space in this industry with them. And the same goes for both of you. There's a lot of fake it till you make it in this industry. And it's, it's impressive that you guys have found the ones that aren't that. Good for y'all. <laughs> I only want it, real ones only. Real, real. ones only. Yeah. Know your, know your tribe. Well, the, the through line with all of you guys is um, you're very, all very approachable. Again, I would, um, I would be drawn to all of you just because of how you put yourself out there. I think in this industry, I say it often, we all do very similar things. All we have to differentiate ourselves is us. And so I'm drawn to people who lean yeah. into that. Uh, because I think that that comes with um, your heart's a bit more open. It's a bit scarier, I think, sometimes when you're working with your close friends and there's more to lose, right? And so the through line with all of you is that you all are such a safe space for us to approach you. Say, hey, I want to, I want to have some hard conversations, or for clients to, you know, feel safe working with you, um, whether they're part of the LGBTQ plus family or. Um, I don't know. Just understand the weight and the ups and downs of entering the real estate market and feel like you guys, again, are a safe space to to navigate that with. So thank you, guys. We've spent so much time together today and it's been a freaking (laughs) blast and a half. And um, 
Yeah, You're thank welcome. you all so much. They each added five songs each to our Win Some, Lose Some playlist. Uh, so go ahead and, and check that out on Spotify. It's quite I'll the collection. I'll put some weird ones in there. Um, Evan, what did you put? The Auburn Fight Song. The Auburn Fight Song. I was oh like, I have God. to. I also chose, this is here for this little nugget to leave you with. A couple of those were my like hype songs back when I was the friend of Avi. So like, there's a little bit of context for oh. that. Like I, we chose songs to play in Albie's house to like get us pumped. Like, oh, I like how my baby And a little bit of O Fortuna. You know, like, it's different. No, I don't know that. It's classical. But then a real, a real hard come down with Joni Mitchell. Oh, I just watched. I just watched. The video last week, and I was like, this is it. This is it. <laughs> Nothing like a little oh bit. Gosh. Yeah, that's a hard come down. Oh, Nothing yeah. like that song to kind of remind, remind you of the fragility of life and how short, you know, it can be, you know, how quickly time flies. Yeah. So, for sure. Whew. Well, thank you guys. Go write your offer, go do your things. Hey. Hey, Elliot, when you find your ayahuasca journey, let me know where it is because I'm <laughs> right there with you. I think that's the only thing that will allow me to shut off. Oh, my just God. to go somewhere and like trip and be therapized. Yes. I am going to chat with you guys outside off the record about. Yeah, this is all just I'm stopping. This is all just like extra BS. Thank you for listening to Win Some, Lose Some, Resiliency in Real Estate. If you believe in the mission of this podcast to talk about the wins and losses of life and real estate, please share with a friend that could use a reminder that they're not alone in their struggles. Also, rate, like, subscribe, comment, D, all the above. Just pick a random bubble like a Scantron. Also, be sure to visit winsomelosomepod.com for a list of all of our episodes and email winsomelosomepod at gmail.com if there's someone you think we should talk to. Lastly, let us know if you'd like to work with us because we'd love to work with you. Win some, lose some together. <laughs>